from What The Fuck Gym Talk, this is How I Broke This, a podcast where business owners in the fitness industry share how they completely fucked up their business. So sit back and take notes, because failure is always a better teacher than success. And on today's episode, we have former micro gym owner, Dom Parker. From going the six-week challenge route, opening up a second location way too quickly, and merging his personal and business life, Dom graciously shares his experiences so that you can hopefully avoid some of his mistakes. Dom is a humble businessman, a very fucking funny human being, one of my favorite guys to talk shop with, and I'm just really grateful he decided to come on the show. And here he is, Mr. Dom Parker. Alrighty, guys. So I have got my man, Dom Parker, on the podcast. This You're kicking off the very first episode of How I Broke This. I, Me and Dom always riff back and forth. We, we had the pleasure of first meeting in person in real life when me and Joey Tabaldi hit the road. We went to New Jersey. We put on spring training. And that's the first time I think you and me got to interact in real life. And we obviously, uh, we've done some work together. We've stayed in touch. We have always had fun little uh, Facebook message conversations regarding the industry and things like that. And when I had this podcast segment come out, I think it was just perfectly timed. We had actually been riffing back and forth on something. And I know you recently exited the industry. And I know while you were in it, you had lots of ups, several downs. And I figured, fuck, Dom is hilarious. This is going to be a great fucking first guy to have on the podcast. So Dominic Parker, thank you so much for coming on to the first episode. If you would, please, brother, give everyone just a quick, brief little background as to your foray in the fitness industry as a gym owner. Um, typical story was just regular fat guy with a desk job, found CrossFit, uh, lost a bunch of weight, got all jacked up on it. Lots of Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is what helps you lose weight on CrossFit. That's hundred percent. It definitely is. It's just like thermogenics for fat loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Progenics. I think they've marketed that. Um, ended up buying the gym that I was a member of totally unplanned. Didn't, didn't mean to do it kind of thing. Um, what do you I mean, mean to do it? Like, well, so I had always, once I got into CrossFit, I thought it was really cool. And actually I spent a lot of time listening to like, uh, the barbell shrug guys. I don't even know what any of them are doing now. Well, they were like the first podcasters in the fitness scene. Talking about business, the business side of that. I was yeah. like, oh, this, this is a, this is all really cool. And then I got my L1. I came back from that. Basically the, the day after I found out I passed my test, the owner of the gym was like, Hey man, you ever think about owning one of these places? I was like, yeah, maybe someday a little small place. He's like, yeah, but what about this one? So turns out um, he wanted to sell it dirt cheap. It was like 20 grand. Um, I didn't have 20 grand to put together and I wasn't really interested in it. But my girlfriend at the time was also in a CrossFit at a different gym. We talked about it. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> weird things happened. And um, that, that ended up being, um, she put up the money to buy it. Um, and that also was the impetus for us moving in together, which probably was a, a bad sign. Got it. And, so and you, also, girlfriend, you decide to go business partners and then obviously moving in together, you're going to consolidate. We need that. We can't have three rents going on. We can't have commercial lease and two, le you know, two houses or two apartments, whatever it may be. Yeah. It makes sense. Everyone can follow the flow chart of the logic behind that when you're in the moment. Yeah. Some red flags there, but sure. you know, we just ignored them and just fucking full send. Yep. Um, and just kind of did that as a hobby. We both still worked our regular nine to five jobs. I was in the car business. She's a pharmacist until, um, we, we, uh, hooked up with, uh, Sonny Hutton, I think was dude's name. He was yeah, like from gym builder, gym builder, gym builder, did a little gym builder challenge, got some momentum there that made enough money for us to hook up with Alex Hormozzi you know, who's since gym builder, um, like your weed and Alex Ramosi was like your crank. And that was like yeah, your black tar yeah. heroin. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, people are familiar. Gym builder is again, one of these done for you marketing ish platforms where six, when six week challenges were the thing, it was the, the bullet everybody was shoving into their gun to acquire clients. And then the, the probably the most popular most well done company to do it is gym launch owned by Alex Ramosi. Um, but I know you did that. How long did, so let me ask you this. Let, let's go into this. Cause I was a gym builder. Yeah. So they just, gym they just launch. sent people to us and basically we trained them for six weeks for free essentially. Um, and then tried to keep some of them and we right. did. And, um, then 
you know, we started looking more at it as a serious business. And um, then I started talking to actually to Layla, Alex's wife. It was back when it was just the two of them and they had one girl as an assistant and that was it. It was like the very, very beginnings of gym launch. And then uh, we went full hog into that. I, I bought into it and uh, quit my job, went full time and that, you know, CrossFit gym in a 20,000 person shit bob town, you know, that's got a medium income of like seven food stamps. We still ended up blowing it up to like 200 members, right? Because 200 we had people that were walking through the doors and using your shit and taking up your time, but not necessarily all pain. Well, well, 200 people who were paying us all simultaneously, but with wild ass turnover and in a finite amount of those people who are, who are looking to, you know, spend $500 for a free six weeks challenge. Um, but you know, we, we slammed it. We were, you know, we were crushing it there. So that was spring of 2017. Um, come towards the end of summer, we're just, you know, money hand over fist. It's just, of course, our expenses shot up through the roof with that. And part of that was our fault. Part of it was just having no idea what the fuck we were doing. Um, and, and not having any real business coaching besides get all these people in your doors and, you know, fix it as it breaks. And then uh, we're like, well, Hey, uh, Katie, she wanted to quit her job because she hated it. And, uh, so she's like, me too. So we're all right, we need a second location because this place, why not? Right. There's two of us. We can, we can do two. Um, we couldn't, we wanted to do uh, women's only boutique fitness. Some friends of ours had a pretty cool concept that was working well. We had the right area, all that stuff. I was like, yeah, we can crush this six week challenge, build it up, but then then make a nice gym. Cause I was already a little disenchanted with CrossFit and weight loss and the fucking the roller coaster and all the the stuff that I didn't like about it. Like we can make, we can have a nice gym, right? That's what it's going to be. That's going to be our niche. It's not going to be a shithole warehouse. It's going to everything's going to be clean. It's going to smell good. Gosh, more retail, very Orange Theory inspired, that kind of scenario. Right. There's you know nobody's dog shitting on the floor, or whatever yep. it is. Um, I think even when we uh, when we originally hooked up with our graphic designer and everything for the place, I was like, you know, we definitely want it to be more Lululemon than Rogue. Sure. It was, it was that, that idea, you know, sort of, you know, I don't even think I knew what alchemy was at the time, but you know, on, you know, trying to find that niche of. Yeah. Well, let's hold on. I want to, before we get into the second location, it's generally most people when they're fucking up and they're, they're, you know, they're unknowingly breaking the business scaling going to two locations is generally one of the, the the number one like the when i posted up that i was starting this podcast the number of people that sent me a dm like i broke because i asked them what did you break how'd you break it what'd you learn and the thing that they how they broke it from so many of them i opened that second location and i didn't have the first one figured out but so i want to get to that because i think that's a big one but before this let's go into this you're you're you know young gym owner you come from a place of low fulfillment. You had a job, the car industry, you didn't like it as, you know, coming to this, you've enjoyed fitness. You, you dug it, something that you wouldn't mind waking up early to do every day. What was it then, if you had the passion, right, you went all in on it, you had the time, what were the things that got you to the point where we like, I ask this for most gyms, why do you first go to a gym builder? Why do you first go to a gym launch? Why do we go to, why do, what causes us to go to those people? It's generally because well, I don't have enough clients. What do you think at those early stages before you went on the six week crack, you know, roller coaster, what was it that prevented more people from coming in? Well, I didn't know shit. I didn't have, you know, there, I didn't have any business coaching. This, the space, you know, that you're in that guys like Chris Cooper and, you know, John Swanson and all, all of you guys have, have kind of filled in was a vacuum really at that time. I think there wasn't a lot of it. We bought that gym in the end of 2015 and it was kind of, it was more of a toy. We both, you know, it was like, well, we're not paying two gym memberships and we kind of work out for free and it's clubhouse and, you know, we just kind of like everybody and just by whatever the word of mouth was, was enough to sustain it where it wasn't really losing money and it was just, it was a, a hobby. Right? It was it was a hobby gym, which is looking back, and we might revisit a stage where I think a lot of people would be well served to keep their gym. And we're a lot, I think, 
are going to exist. There's the two extremes. Remember, remember the social network, the Facebook movie? I didn't see it. Okay. No. There's a scene in there with where the guy playing Mark Zuckerberg and the guy playing um, one, one of his business partners that later on sued him or whatever. There's a moment where the business partner's like, dude, we have to start running ads or doing something like Facebook isn't making us any money. Like, what are we doing? And Mark Zuckerberg replies with, yeah, but it, it's cool. And the second we start doing that, it takes away from the cool factor. And I feel that's like where a lot of micro gym owners come in. Like they've got this like, uh, profitable in the black, maybe slightly profitable, maybe slightly less than profitable clubhouse within it. And it's cool at the time. And, and to do the things like, all right, well now I got to learn Facebook ads, which back then, you know, was more of a naive thing. You know, the, the six week challenges did really educate all of us on the, the importance and the how to's of running Facebook ads. But did you ever feel that when you're running the gym, like, okay, this thing's doing good enough. And I know you would probably shun on it back then, but that whole, like, if I just stick this out long enough, traction's going to come. If I build it, you know, they will come like, it's going to pick up. I just know it. I don't know how I know that. I just think it's going to pick up here organically grassroots as Glassman always talked about. I don't know that I ever had that feeling that it was going to be much more than what it was. Um, if we didn't do something. You know, I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know how to even get start a referral campaign with members. And, you know, this is, this is late, right? We're a late adopter to the, to the business model 2017. So it wasn't so cool that all of our members were just, wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. There weren't those cliches. It was, they were the, the people who were brave enough to do it. And by then every, all their friends were like, oh, fuck that. I'm not doing that. You're yeah. crazy. So, but your business again, like when you really, when you no, like that. So we bought it in the end of 2015. Okay. So it was definitely yeah. down. Um, and then it was, you know, just kind of maintained it. You know, I'd coach early in the morning, go to work all day, coach in the evening. So we didn't really have classes during the middle of the day. And it was, it was fun, but it was, you know, now there's, there's no time off. There's no weekends. You can't go away. Like, you know, every once in a while we did have some coaches who would cover like if we wanted to go away for a weekend or something, but for the most part, it was, it was a hassle. Sure. And, uh, so you it, get to the point where you just, I don't see this thing growing unless we do something. And then obviously you go into the gym builder, gym launch route. And it, and at the time it, those solutions are kind of pitched and aimed at as hit the button, like members on demand type service. Talk to me, because you spent a good amount of time there. Like, I would say when I had questions about these, because I'd be making content on this, like before mm -hmm. I, I, you were one of the top guys I went to with questions, because I feel like you were in it and you had close enough ties with the, you know, Layla's and Alex's of the world and you had been around there. You'd seen it from all these different angles. I mean, you even, and also even on the marketing side with Two Brain, you worked with them for a while too. Like yep. you were probably one of the more versed guys on the inside behind the curtain that I personally know. What would you say looking back on it are like the big red flags looking back on it now with those, that method and mindset? Uh, well, I got hooked up with Gym Builder because they just, I think they were just going through the CrossFit affiliate list and just emailing people. I didn't even know that I was looking for it, but when they, you know, they had a good pitch and a cool video and I forget who they had. They had somebody that was big in the CrossFit world working with them originally, like did a video with somebody that I recognize, like OG CrossFit. Oh, this is cool. This guy's behind it, right? I didn't I know shit. And it was, like you said, it was done for you then. Um, so I'm like, well, what do I have to lose, right? The people are going to show up and they're going to be people who want to do CrossFit. And I didn't know like the different niches of marketing and what, what pain point and what they were going to be targeting, you know, weight loss versus people just want to do CrossFit because it was cool. So I think it, this goes back. I have a friend who's still trying to launch her own gym, brick and mortar, you know, grassroots kind of thing. And we were having the conversation. It's something I didn't realize at the time. It was the first point where we had to start having customers that I didn't want. And I didn't, I didn't realize that that was the case. You didn't want them because like they did it like in your head, it wasn't the avatar client you wanted to work with or because they just like, they couldn't afford it, tire kickers, that kind of thing. It was, you know, I got into, I started coaching because I, I did the precision nutrition thing and nobody wants to listen to somebody who's just got a nutrition cert. And I was like, and then I got into CrossFit. I started coaching some, like, all right, people will listen to me now. Um, and then 
I wanted, I didn't know, but I wanted other people who just liked coming in and working out hard and doing all the cool shit that CrossFit brought, like, you know, the, the wild ass stupid gymnastics and, you know, high rep barbell, the stuff that I liked about it. And really it got into catering to people who just wanted to lose weight. And I've found that that's, that's an interesting niche and something that I still enjoy helping some people with, but it wasn't, it didn't correlate with wanting people to be CrossFit gym members. Yeah. I think about it. Like if you worked at the drive through at McDonald's, you see a lot of the same avatars come through your drive through every day, S- significantly broke has, doesn't give a fuck about nutrition, probably obese is like, it just, it's like the DMV's fucking cafeteria. Right. <laughs> and, and then you think of like those, that same individual, when you throw out as free train somebody for six weeks for free, that's the same fucking clientele you're going to get. The guy who eats at Morton steakhouse four days a week for lunch, doesn't go to McDonald's. And that same motherfucker doesn't want to be trained. He hears free. Uh, uh-uh. uh, like, it's just like, I would not allow anyone to train me free for six weeks. Just like I wouldn't get a LASIK eye surgery off Groupon. Like, you know, like it's, these are things I wouldn't do because I have acumen and money. And I, so that's so essentially what you're saying is that, that model of a free six week challenge or whatever the front end offer was at the time, just siphoned all the, but what I just call busted broke motherfuckers into the scenario. And even if they weren't busted and broke, they generally didn't want to work that hard. Like you can't get that fat and have a lot of work ethic in you. Like very few people and they make it onto some awesome testimonial video, but they're like one in a thousand. Yeah. And it was, it was that numbers game. And uh, do you know who Nick Peterson is? Nick Peterson, Nick P. I don't think so. All right. I'll have offline. If you remind me, I'll send you to, to some of his stuff because it's, yeah. it's like intelligent stuff, not just marketing bullshit. Um, but he always harps on all the coaches are like, it's a numbers game, bro. It's a numbers game, bro. And that's where I was. I'm like, all right, if I get a hundred people on a six week challenge, maybe there'll be two or three that are good members. that will stick around and be cool and actually yeah. CrossFit and come in like, all right, fuck me up today, you know? And yep. all right, cool. That's, that's what we're going to do. And it just never turned out to be that. And so what does Nick Peterson say about it? This is, he's the anti-number, like he's against the numbers. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's against like the law, law of large numbers, you know, coaching bullshit. More like, you know, spend more time actually looking he's at your business. Sniper. What, he's what, not a machine what, gun operator. Right. Well, yeah. Right, exactly. And um, lots, of, lots of fucking bombs from that dude. Like, uh, so at this point, like these, so originally it were done for you. So like, I remember like gym builder, it was essentially, I think free. And then you like, however many people they signed up, they took a cut, right? Yeah. They would charge two or 300 bucks and they'd cut you like $50 a person. Okay. So like you were that. getting a little bit of front end cash on the, on the front side, that kind of scenario. But, um, and you were, you were hoping you're signed up on the back end. but when you went gym launch, I mean, gym launch was 16 grand up front. Did you get yep. in earlier where it wasn't that expensive or like, how did you justify the cost? The, like, how does, how did that happen? Cause I see a lot of people who went this route and it's not just gym launch. It's any of these companies, fuck face marketing gurus that are out there. Um, how does that cost in your head? Like, okay, this pays for itself. Or did they like do a weekly, like pay us a grand a week or how did it go? That's exactly what it was. We were, it was 16 grand when we signed up. That was, uh, and it was a grand a week. And it was basically, um, you know, plus our ad spend. So whatever that ended up being. Um, and we went in it with the idea of, I had been looking, I wanted in between because I, I did the done for you with um, Jim Builder and I was like, I need to learn how to do what they're doing because I want to be able to do it myself because this is bullshit. I don't want to give away all this front end money. So I had been looking at trying to learn Facebook marketing and all that stuff and there really wasn't, there was no like Billy Jean at the time or something like that um, that I could really latch on to. And so I'm like, all right, this is going to be I looked at his educational cost and we talked about it. We're like, all right, worst case scenario, we're out 16 grand and now I know how to do this stuff and eventually it'll pay off. Uh, we ended up crushing it and you know, we paid them off early. I was just like, here's the money. Let's be done with it. We're out. And then uh, learned a ton about Facebook more because it was done, done with you, right? They would give you some creative to use, but you had to go in and figure out all your own demographics and, what pictures and videos and how you wanted to represent your gym. So they, they definitely, it was more of a teach a man to fish 
sort of thing. And, and they had a lot and I, I learned a ton from that. That was a huge, huge turning point for me getting real, real deep into the, the Facebook marketing platform. So then it sounds, I mean, so far, if anyone's listening to the story and they're not as familiar with these, but like, it sounds like a, a winning comment, like it sounds like a good experience so far. What went wrong? So it sounds like you're crushing it. You're getting people in. How did it break? Uh, well, the people weren't the type of people who were going to stick around beyond that. They, people were paying $500, not showing up to a class or not finishing the challenge or, you know, they were um, just not really they weren't going to stick around and do CrossFit because they just like CrossFit. And at the time we were, we were CrossFit, like we weren't anything else. And even though we tried to do like the bullshit CrossFit light thing, kind of we thing, had a yeah. huge two foot tall LED sign letters fucking across the building that said CrossFit. Like when I bought that sign, it was, I don't know, $4,000. And I thought it was the most badass thing in town. And I was like, all right, CrossFit, let's go, bro. And, uh, you know, they just weren't those, those people. And looking back, I figured out because if you know, you've talked to Alex a couple of times, his yep. early model was he would show up at your gym. Do it for, yeah. Sell. He would do it for you. You didn't get any of the money. He kept the money and then you had to keep the people. Yeah. And that, that was something that I figured out a little bit too late was it was easy for him. Like he's got this video of, you know, sold 200 people in the ghetto for 500 people. And it's this bullshit apartment in DC but he didn't have to service any of them. So it was like, Hey, you know, I got 50 grand peace out motherfuckers deal with these people. And there was never the aftermath of it. It was like, all right, now this is broken. I've had to expand my capacity, hire more coaches. I put somebody on full time who I shouldn't have trying to deal with all this extra, all these extra bodies right now, more shit's getting broken. There's wear and tear and equipment buying all this extra stuff. Need more staff, just all your operational costs increase with new members. Right. And it wasn't sustainable because they weren't, it wasn't, you know, we capped it at 200 members. We're in 3000 square feet. People are bumping into each other. That sucks. And you know, I have so many hours and then people just start dropping off and dropping off. And you know, it's too hard. I'm too busy, blah, blah, all this shit. People just want to revert back to their own thing. It wasn't those original type A, like I'm doing CrossFit because I want to do CrossFit types. They weren't getting what they wanted. We weren't the right match long term for them. I think most micro gym owners, they forget the, again, they buy into this uh, inclusive fitness, fitness for every body thing. But no, CrossFit is a niche of a niche of, it's so niche. Like I know there's 16,000 affiliates worldwide and there's maybe whatever you want to call it, 400,000 people doing it. It's still a very niche fitness sector and not, that's not for everybody. Like when I say like you can sell them the one time, like if you're Alex and you're a fucking closer like that, dude, he's going to close you on it. But then you're going to get into like, Oh, you're going to have buyer's remorse. You're just like, this is not for me. I'm not into like having to bring different outfits and shoes and wrist attachments, depending on what the workout is like, like CrossFit is much like, I look at it like people who do rock climbing and mountain biking, they have accessories and gear and like their sport becomes their, their fitness pursuit becomes their life. And, and that's not something you can sell and fill your gym up with those people. That's going to be a niche fucking thing. And there's complete different business unit economics on ultra niche markets versus like transformation centers, which is where the six week model, six week challenge model really should survive is in transformation centers and globo gyms. Yeah. And we saw that writing on the, I love that the idea of that. Um, so where Alex, I think got it was something called the camp out on the West coast and that's all they do. They only sell you into six week challenge programs and they'll sell you one after another after another, but it's all closed end. They don't want you as a long-term member. Sure. If, you think about it, if you get 600 bucks for six weeks from everybody that walks through your door and you have enough people to just keep doing that, that's amazing, right? You're, you're getting a stupid, yeah. you know, sure. Time. Turn through the available market and there's ad fatigue and experience fatigue and it just it's right. chews itself but out. In, in Southern California, that'll never happen to you, right? In Southeastern buttfuck Connecticut, you got a little window and you try to scrape what you can out of it and then, then it's gone. Yeah. Right. We, we destroyed the market. Uh, you know, we scooped up everything, you know, we were scraping the bottom of the fish tank. Like, we got everybody that could put together those pennies and I saw it. I'm like, all right, this isn't going to work. 
And that's, you know, that's where I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to settle back down to the, to the level of, of just the people here that want this. Sure. And it'll be, it'll probably be sustainable. It's not ever going to be a real good business mark model. And then we'll see if we want to keep it or ditch it or close it. But we do have this thing, this marketing thing. So let's, let's use it somewhere else where we might be able to make it work. Cause here, you know, at the CrossFit gym, um, we're just going to, we're going to keep coming back down. Right. Was it like, uh, was it, who was the, uh, the Greek mythology burn the wings was that Icarus or something yeah, like yeah. that? Uh, Icarus flew close, too close to the sun. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. The wings were just starting to get singed and yeah. I'm like, all right, this is going to crash and burn. Can we get a net or something? And, sure. and the net was going to be the next gym. So got it. So it was like, okay, we've kind of, we've, we've burnt this one kind of, we can at least make this thing like sustainable. So we're not losing money on it, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be the thing that we're going to be able to, you know, uh, create a, a viable business income from. So let's do it right at the next location. And that's kind of when you and your girlfriend at the time went ahead and, and you're like, let's do this second location then. Correct. Yeah, you put your phone on silent there, buddy. What the fuck? Yeah, I apologize. Do you know who that was? That was Joe Tabaldi actually just messaged me. I should tell him we're talking. Um, so so I, I will tell you um, the oh, – fuck, what was the – there was – I had a point there and I just totally uh, – that sucks. So um, you, got, you got close to it. The wings were burning. And then you're thinking, okay, second location, we'll do it clean. Oh, do yeah, it the point that you make all the time is you, you get people in, right, expecting them that you'll turn them once you come. Once, you know, yeah. the, the people looking for late weight loss don't ever decide, oh, hey, I like CrossFit. Yeah, they don't event like very rarely. And that's the one the gym owners always, they're like, no, no, no. But Sally came in 97 pounds of weight and now all she cares about is her muscle up. I'm like, all right, Zal Sally is an outlier. That is not the average aesthetic seeking person doesn't turn into a, a Fran time seeking person. Right. And we had to learn that the hard way. There just, there were a few, but by and large, it was, we were, we really were baiting. It was a bait and switch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was ground bait. You guys bait and switch the clients with your ads. Alex kind of does a bait and switch with the gym owners to a degree, you know. In, in the delivery. And he'll, you know, he, he'll, uh, he wraps it up in the story of the ham and the garlic. You know, you got to give people what they want so that you can then give them what they need. But there just weren't, do people need to come and work out and have someone tell them how to eat? Sure. But they just, they weren't coming to us for that and we were never going to be that. Sure. So, so you go to right, let's, let's try to give them, tell them exactly where they're getting up front and then keep the, you know, the offer consistent with the delivery. And that was where the second gym thing came so in. So second gym comes in. So you're simultaneously kind of fixing the first CrossFit gym. You're like, yeah, hey, we kind of broke this. We scraped the bottom. We need to just get this thing. We need to get the boat back to stable. So we're going to do that and simultaneously open a second location. And this was Coastal uh, Fitness in Niantic, Connecticut. Yep. And this was a women's only location. Boutique, yep. posh. Like you said, we wanted more Lululemon than Rogue. Um, you guys actually you came up. I did a um, One of the things I did a keynote for, with the, uh, the 3 to 1 Growth Summit, I challenged a bunch of gym owners who watched that video. It was called Good Artists Borrow, Great Artists Steal. Like, here's mm -hmm. a great marketing video that Camp Gladiator did. Yeah. I challenge you gym owners to make something and steal this. And you guys actually had one of the best versions. You had gyms copying your version of a copy version all over in Germany and Switzerland. I'd get emails and videos on it like crazy. Yeah. We got about, there. Yeah. So talk to me about that. We already, we already alluded it already, the, the second location, obviously. And I tell this, I mean, whenever you go into with a partner, who is also a personal partner, things can get hairy, right? You've always heard good stories, your bad stories. It can go either way. But talk to me about kind of how, you, you know, getting to the point of this second gym and where the breaking started happening. So we, quick side note, we wanted the second thing. We couldn't find the location we wanted. We had a specific, that Niantic, Connecticut area, upper income, you know, nice area, little Connecticut beach town, you know, good demographics zero competition couldn't find a spot nobody wanted to rent to us for a gym so we in the meantime bought another crossfit gym that was in an, in a podunk town you know 30 miles away we wanted to be far enough to not poach from each other um thinking that it had a, a pretty good base we saw the numbers i knew the guy that owned it um and then what did you buy that for was it just dirt dirt cheap 
Uh, no, the second gym you bought, right? It was $175,000. Okay, so not dirt cheap. Not dirt cheap. The first one you broke was a broken business. Someone else already broke it, gave it to you for 20 grand. You now have this previously broken business. You know, now you've got this one sold at 175, which I would say is a reputable sales price based on the numbers I hear from micro gyms being sold. Okay, you guys purchased that. Did you have to do owner financing? Did you find it? Okay, it was was cash flow positive at the time. You know, I was making a couple grand a month. I'm like, and he was doing no marketing. So like, hey, we got this marketing thing. We can go there and at least boost it up a little bit. We're not going to go wild like we did before. We're going to be more selective. Um, a couple of days after we signed the paperwork for that, uh, it's like swiping on Tinder after you already have a girlfriend. I'm looking through LoopNet. I'm still looking at commercial real estate. I find the perfect place in Niantic. And so, of course, uh, I can't sell shit to anybody. Um, but Except I, six-week challenges to people. Oh uh, no, I wasn't even good at that. <laughs> but I can I can sell myself and ideas that I actually believe in. Okay. And so I, I talked to Katie. I'm like, this is the perfect spot. I'm like, I know we just bought this gym, but let's go talk to this landlord, see if he'll give us a, a month or two. No lease, anything like that. We're not gonna buy any of any equipment. We're just gonna go and pre-sell six week challenges and see what happens. And she went and I think the first month she sold like $75,000 in six week challenges, some retarded number like that. So turn that money into buying equipment and all that stuff. And we still own this other gym and we're trying to, you know, run that. We had a member there who was like big time CrossFit hard on. Um, and she wanted to be the manager of it. Didn't do a good job. We didn't really set her up to win so much because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We're like, just don't break this. And, um, it took like four months, but she, she convinced her husband that it was a good idea and they bought it from us. So that was kind of just a, it was a side stress because like Katie and I went from, I quit my job for us to run the Uncasville gym, the impact athletics. She was still working her pharmacist job. When we decided to open the second gym, she quit that job. So there's a, you know, a six figure salary gone. Yeah. Right? And so now we're both gym owner, running gyms, seeing each other all the time. There's no differentiation between work and personal. I understand it. And so then we're trying to run two gyms, start a gym and run another gym. So it's the shit hit the fan hard. So that was a four month fiasco in the background of just trying to get rid of that fucking other gym. Yeah. Real quick. I want to, cause I've, I've had in my lifetime, I've had uh, a long-term girlfriend coach for me in a very mm-hmm. part-time fashion kind of thing. And that, and that was someone that I think at the time I was living with. What advice do you have for people in that? Do you have, are you one of these guys that after doing it has blank advice, just don't ever fucking do it? Or is it one of these guys, like I've got another gym owner who's like, the second me and my girlfriend decided to go into business together, we instantly, before we even signed a lease, we signed up for like couples therapy. Like we signed up for like a referee to make sure we don't fucking kill each other. Yeah, I mean, I think you're gonna make sure that your relationship is on really, really solid ground before you do that. And, and we didn't, we, and we've, you know, we, we didn't really have the most amicable split and most of that was my fault. Um, but we You're breaking all kinds of shit here, Dom. Oh, I, everything. That's all I do is break shit. You're like wreck it, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> it, Dom. Absolutely. But we both decided, you know, like I said, it was red flags. Like we decided to move in together, be fucking Facebook official, like boyfriend, girlfriend on the grounds of buying the first gym. It was retarded. It made no sense, but you know, in the moment, like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do sure. that. So yeah. So that, um, that got us to having three gyms at one point. And, and I will tell you that even Alex Hermosi, when we had the first gym, we're like, yeah, man, we're going to do this second gym thing. He's like, absolutely. Don't fucking do that. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. He's like, I will be here telling you, I told you, he's like, don't do it. He's like, until you have a year of operating expenses in the bank and your shit is so good that you can go away and not have to worry about it. Don't fucking do it. And like, yeah, but it seems like a good time. So we're going to do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, trust yeah. me. I get it. I get it. I give that same piece of advice all the time. More is definitely, especially in this game. If you're going more, it shouldn't be corporate owned. I advise like that's it. That's currently what we're doing with our movement. It's going to be OPM, other people's money. It's going to be, a, you know, whether you're going to license route or franchise route, but like having corporately owned stores is a tough fucking gig. 
Yeah, I'm sure. So, okay, expanding, corporately owning it was a, was a big break. Um, now, when Niantic opened up, you're in the right place, right? You said the demographic there is good. It's a women's only, which is, I mean, talk about getting super boutique and yeah. to the disposable income of maybe these stay-at-home moms or whatever it may be. What went wrong? Um, well, I knew that the population wouldn't support this endless churn model. So that was, that had to be, we had to have a plan of what we would front end offer kind of scenario. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, it was, we still use the same front end offer to start of a free six week challenge. But even then, um, I twisted what Alex had and I came up with my own version of it, which, um, a lot of gym owners actually in the program copy, which I'm, I'm happy for, which was we did a double, like a double money six week challenge. So we, we felt good about actually everybody got their money back as a full credit. And if they beat the challenge, they got double credit. So, so we were legitimately not bait and switching people. We were giving it to them for free as long as they kept coming. That was all they had to do. They had to keep coming and they got a hundred percent refund towards whatever their membership was going to be. And they would have to sign up at the end of the six weeks for a recurring subscription. Um, yeah. In, in order to, in, but we, we did offer people the opportunity to just take a refund and, and go. Thankfully, very few people did that. It was a small handful, but we set them up on the front end. Like, we expect you to stay. This is how we're going to give you your money back. We don't want you to be here for six weeks and then, then bounce. Like, we're looking for long-term members. We just think the first six weeks are going to be the most critical. So we really tried to set them up for the right expectations, not, hey, you're going to love us forever and this is going to be great. Like, yeah. No, you're going to have some fucking ups and downs. And you're invested in this and you're five or six, it was 600 bucks at one point is going to make you care. And then once you build the habits, hopefully you stay with it. But right. so you got the, you got a better front end offer. You feel ethically about it. It seems to obviously be working. She did 75,000 there in the beginning. Yeah. So where, so then where was the break then? Um, our, we, we never, we never got to the potential for where the fulfillment was supposed to be. We didn't keep up our end of the promise of it being a nice gym, of the aesthetics being there. Of but most people aren't like they're not canceling the gym. Like, man, this paint job isn't as bougie as I thought it was. Or these lockers look fucking kind of cheap to get this off. Like, where? I mean, I get it. So that you, you know, it. You probably pitched it your videos. I've seen your aesthetics. I've seen your website. I know all this stuff. It makes it look like boom. But once people get in, just like CrossFit gyms, like CrossFit gyms don't even practice good aesthetics. Like visually and digitally, nor do they have them on the, you know, in the actual gym, right? They've got fucking dog hair and all the, let's just say, but people, they can like, there's still will get people to stay. What else was it besides just the aesthetics? Uh, I'm just the general fulfillment just wasn't good. So okay, we, what does that mean? Uh, the, you know, the, we never, we never came up with, and this is, this is in my opinion, and I don't know if you still talk to Katie or not or whatever, but um, we were, we, Katie and I ended up being at odds a lot because I felt like we never, our fulfillment, our coaches weren't that good. Our programming wasn't that good. Our just general focus on making sure that, that everybody had amazing experiences all the time. It just, we never, we never got there. And because she and I were at odds at that point then, Personally, it carried over and it ended up being just a, you know, a kind of dead atmosphere. And then we just, you know, we're, I'm, you know, trying to take all the knowledge that I have from everything that I've done and, you know, have been studying the, the ownership side and the CX side and yeah. all that for so long. And basically it got to the point where she would just do the opposite of what I said. Just yeah, we just had two owners that just had different visions, different execution right. styles, just butting heads there. Right. And that's obviously, it's always, I'm a big proponent of having partners when you guys, when, you know, the yin matches the yang and it's not round peg square holes. So if you guys, you guys are butting heads there and then, and then somewhere around there though, you did get into uh, you were working with Tubray. You were helping them out on the marketing side. How did that evolve? Because it looks sounds like you've already got your fucking hands full, and then and now you're doing this other thing. I remember when I heard that, I was like, "Fuck, Dom must be getting less sleep than I get." Like, <laughs> um, you know, once I I initially dove into the world of Facebook marketing, like I I mean I basically just had Mark Zuckerberg face fucking me all the time. Like with I'm just getting 
I'm staying on top of everything and I, I'm taking, you know, I, I got, I got into Billie Jean's marketing and to all his real deep dive courses and some other more obscure shit. And, um, and you know, I just had open dialogue with Chris Cooper. I liked the two brain thing for CrossFit gyms. And, it, you know, to me it was like personal training is to a client. Like they were more, instead of a system, it was one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I love Chris. I think Chris is a phenomenal human being and, you know, going back and forth and just trying to be in that stratosphere of what he was doing. He's like, Hey, you're really knowledgeable on this Facebook market and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, and I'd love to help other gym owners do it. Cause I knew that my reach in the gym was going to be limited, but I figured if I could help other gym owners figure out how to actually have marketing that was congruent with yeah. what their fulfillment was, that'd be great. And, and I would you enjoy it. With the two brain thing. That way you didn't have to go and become Dominic Parker face, fuck face marketing guru guy that right. I make fun of on the show. Yeah. Right. And I, I didn't want to do that at all. And I, I had enough people I had, you know, you've seen some of the fucking hooligans that I mean that associate with me and, and really were for a while would hang on anything I said, sure, Hey, sure. run this ad, put $5,000 on the back. Okay, Dom, you want a blow job with that? fucking McFlurry like <laughs> but I just didn't I didn't want to go and whore myself out sure and you were to, able to align with a good brand like what they're doing over at two brain is phenomenal right so like and, and at the time two brain was more it was an interview process they weren't just taking anybody's money yeah and I didn't want to just take I fucking hate a lot of gym owners honestly like a lot of gym owners are douchebags and you know they're not by and large not my people so I figured all right so Chris is weeding these people out and you know, I don't want to talk to someone who's going to be like, yo, my market, bro. Like, yeah, my culture is awesome. Fuck off. I don't care. Like, you know, I, I just, I'm sure that you do it with, you don't just take anybody who's going to pay you, right? Oh, no. Hey, you're a fucking retard. Yeah. Go no. get bent. I don't care. So I'm like, all right, this is, Chris is going to filter this for me. I'm going to get a smaller piece of the pie than if I did it myself. But It'll it's be more enjoyable, count. higher fulfillment level of work. Right. Um, but it, what happened there then? Um... It still wasn't as filtered as I wanted to be. And, and he was growing so exponentially that um, I just couldn't work that well within his framework or what they were doing. There was like several people in charge of the marketing thing and they just needed more bodies. And I think he, I don't know the ins and outs of his business, but it just felt like it wasn't mature and I wanted to, I wanted to be involved in something that was a little more of yeah, a mature. Out the kinks. He had a beta version of it. Yeah. He was still hammering yeah. out the kinks and for you, right. to, and it, maybe it was just a little bit too clumsy from your perspective. Yeah. And it was like, I wanted to be fun or, or not do it. And there was, I had some amazing conversations and there's some gym owners I'm still in contact with. They're like, this fucking changed my entire business. Thank you yeah. for holding my hand through that. And that's very fulfilling uh, but the frustration of not being able to do it my way and have it my way, which is a story of my life. I was like, all right, this is what happens when it's not your business. So I don't think they did anything wrong. It just wasn't the right timing for me. And this was simultaneously going on while you and Katie were also trying to get the Niantic gym up and going, that kind of scenario. So mm -hmm. here we sit today in the last quarter of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you've obviously gone through, there's been plenty of breaks, things like that you, you've learned from. Where, where are we sitting at today? So you're no longer part of Niantic. Right. Yep. Yeah. She and I are together yep. for multitude of reasons, but the business thing factored into it. Of course. Um, so she's still got that gym. I don't, I don't know anything about what she's doing with it or anything like that. Um, I occasionally get ads for it or something. So I, I see that it still exists, yep. but I don't, I don't know beyond that. So you exited out of there and was it just a clean break? Did you do a buyout or was it just like, let's just, let's just cut this. Oh no, it was messy. Messy, got it. Okay, so it was messy, and which again, in any partnership, especially if there's a, a personal partnership involved, that's the kind of thing that you want to have a real Loctite SOA standard operating agreements to protect protect both parties in those instances. So, any of you guys that are sitting here want to do a spit in the hand handshake kind of deal, don't fucking do it. Right, and we had you know we had operating agreements and stuff like that, but I mean I fucked up. I cardinal sin. Don't fuck your members. Bad bad idea. Don't do yeah. that. And as they be, that can be a bad, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a great relationship as a result of it. And so I, there you go. I 100%, you know, the grass is 
the grass is always greener. Well, it's still a bad idea from a business standpoint, like, and, and being real, like, it's just, I see it happen over and over again. And I being on the inside and like, oh, I, I get it. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've every girlfriend I've ever had ever had since I went on this entrepreneurial pursuit, fucking 12, 13, 15, however long ago has come from something to do with my business. Right. I've married one, right. Like my girlfriend now, like, and it's all like, I always tell people the key is if you do that, you have to go above and beyond to make sure that your resume stays non-tainted. Like you have to like, make sure you have like, don't burn any bridges, make sure it ends so amicably and professionally go above and beyond because if that domino falls and you have, I mean, there's a lot of bad things that could happen there. You're, you're definitely right to have a cautionary tale and, and to give that piece of advice to everybody. Where are you? So what's in wrapping now then? Niantic's off the plate. Those, the crawl, the crosser gym off the plate. Yeah. Yeah. We closed because of COVID reopened. It was, it sucked. And I was just not, there was, it was not workable. Um, so cause we point, you're like a battle worn veteran. You're just like, I'm fucking over this gym thing. I'm tired of chasing memberships. I'm tired of running ads. I'm tired of coaching. I just want to be done with it. Well, yeah. And I mean, when we were together, the agreement was like, you know, this is going to be our fun, you know, CrossFit gym. And it's probably not ever going to be a successful business, but the other gym is going to do so well that we can just keep this if we want. And then when it split up, I was like, fuck this. Like, this is, this is not something that I wanted to do. And it just would have never, ever made enough money to make sense versus me just going back out into the corporate world and you know, whoring myself out. So sure. is that, so is that the pivot now? So you close down the gyms? What, what yeah. it, well, I got a job offer with the old, you know, car dealership that I was working at and I went back there, actually worked there for the last couple of months and then they eliminated my position the other day. So, you know, here I am talking You're back to you. on the market, but you've got I'm enough, to, agent, yeah. you've got tools though. You have the, you have the Facebook experience. Like you, you do understand that better than most. You've also seen behind the curtain of what some of the most successful, online fitness marketing companies and agencies have done. I mean, two brain and gym launch it like I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that you're definitely going to be able to utilize this experience in, in some fashion of consulting or coaching and mentoring in some degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've dipped my toes in a little bit in the online coaching fitness business world. And I've seen what Alex is doing with that now. And uh, another guy, Will Nelson, who's, who's got a pretty cool system. Um, You know, everything that I've got experience in would entail working with gym owners and between COVID and, you know, just it it really like I, I more or less would need to have to be you in a sense of like, Hey, I want all your gym owners you can all go fuck yourselves. But if you're still here listening, maybe we can talk. And I just, I don't, I don't have the energy for that. And I'd I'd love to find a place to do it. And, you know, I still have gym owner friends and I let, I help. It's, it's kind of like the way that I look at working on cars. I love working on cars, but I never wanted to do it as a job because it sucks the fun out of it. Yeah. So maybe it'll just end up being another hobby that I have a ton of time and money invested into. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, I'm on. I'm a free agent. I'm on the market. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Somebody comes calling and you know wants me to sell my soul. I probably will. If anyone's listening to this and you like uh, you like you like funny guys that that know a good amount about Facebook marketing and been around the corner or whatever, definitely hit up my man Dom Parker. Um, so at the end of this show, I'll be asking everybody this question. You know, in business, especially you know whether you end up shutting it down or selling it or you're still in it, the the losses we take and the things that we break within that, we kind of could look at it in one of two ways. We could look at, the, you know, the things that were broke or got broken. They're either, they're all yours. They're like a hundred percent your fault. Like everything looking back on it, you might've seen a red flag or you should have done this, that, or the other thing different, or you were pretty much on a pretty solid path, but unfortunately acts and circumstances outside of your control prevented you from getting the ball over the line. And how much of that at the end story of you and your foray in the fitness industry, how much of that is of you breaking shit is 100% on you. And how much of that is there were some outside circumstances that just, no matter what I would have done, I was going to end up here, period. Oof. I think, uh, I love coach Glassman and everything he's done for all of us. Um, but the, I feel like the CrossFit model is, too easy to get into or the micro gym model or whatever. So I realized now I really had no business getting into it. Um, with that being said, I don't regret it. I wish that the 
the coaching, the mentorship, uh, like I said, the guys like you and Cooper and Swanson and all those guys had been a little bit more um, available when we started um, to say like, hey, you don't know dick about business, do this. If you align with me and you want to see your business here, do this versus just winging it and thinking that, you know, more money would keep fixing the problems because obviously the great philosopher, Biggie Smalls, right? More money, more problems. It, it didn't, it didn't help. Uh, so a lot of the fuck ups were my own. Some of it was, uh, believing the wrong people. Some of it was not working hard enough. So I'd, I'd say it's about even really. Like I think that the landscape changed with CrossFit and micro gyms and where things were going at the same time, you know, timing affected it. If we would have done the same thing five years earlier, who the fuck knows what would have happened? You know, when Facebook ads were a penny, like it, it was all like late adopter, late adopter, late adopter, bang. And now then it was just like, you know, I learned a lot about business. I got a crash course in business, you know, in the past two, three years, more than I think a lot of people with an MBA would get for just being in there and getting my balls kicked in all the time. So I'd say it's probably even, you know, a different time with different circumstances. Maybe it would have done better. I may have still figured out a way to fuck it up. Timing is everything, right? I, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's been a great ride anyway. You know, I've made some, some great friends and I have a ton of skills that maybe one day I'll use to earn a living. But yeah, that, that chapter is for the most part closed. Not totally closed, but mostly. Well, I, and I think it all begins even on stuff like this. So, I mean, you coming on here and, and having the, uh, the, hum, you know, the humbleness the, to sit down and be fully self-aware and transparent with everybody and sharing how you broke it. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on here, man. I, I know this is going to help a lot of people. And uh, as that feedback comes in, I'll definitely be sharing it with you. And you and me will continue to always stay in touch and, and riff back and forth on the fun fitness and the, the, all the silliness happening in the fitness industry. Yeah. Yeah. I still got to get down to Charlotte at one of these times. Yep, yep. And, uh, revisit, revisit our Seattle episode. Um, <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was my main goal in coming on, but you know, besides just seeing your smile and fucking ginger face was hopefully some people can actually benefit from my fuck ups and, and see some of the success and, and hopefully not be discouraged, keep going after it, but accumulate enough. Yeah. Like, all right, don't do that. Don't do that. So hopefully help some people. I appreciate it, man. Dom, thank you so much. Have a great fucking day, dude. You too. Take it easy. Awesome.